A reading from the book of Exodus. After the Lord God had finished giving the tablets of the covenant to Moses on Mount Sinai, the Lord said to Moses, Go down at once. Your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone so that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them. And of you, I will make a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians said it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fears, Ralph. Change your mind and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven and all this land that I have promised, I will give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. The word of the Lord. remember us for the love you bear your people. Lord, remember us for the love you bear your people. Our ancestors make the carve at Horeb and worship the Kassid Mage. They exchange the glory of God for the image of an ox that eats grass. Lord, remember us, for the Lord you bear your people. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt. 
wondrous works in the land of Ham, and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. Lord, remember us for the love you bear your people. Therefore God said he would destroy them, had not Moses his chosen one stood in the bridge before him to turn away his wrath from destroying them. Lord, remember us, for the Lord bear your people. Praise and glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Praise and glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. God loved the world so much, he gave us his only Son, that all who believe in him might have eternal life. Praise and glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The Jewish leaders were seeking to kill Jesus because he was not only breaking the Sabbath, but was also calling God his own father thereby making himself equal to God. Jesus said to them, if I, if I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies on my behalf, and I know that his testimony to me is true. You sent messengers to John, and he testified to the truth. Not that I accept such human testimony, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But I have a testimony greater than John's. The works that the Father has given me to complete, the very works that I am doing, testify on my behalf that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified on my behalf. You have never heard his voice or seen his form, and you do not have his word abiding in you, because you do not believe him whom he has sent. You search the scriptures, because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that testify on my behalf. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I do not accept glory from human beings. 
but I know that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. If another comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe when you accept glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the one who alone is God? Do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom you have set your hope. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe what he wrote, how will you believe what I say? The Gospel of the Lord. A couple of things to draw to your attention. First of all, we begin our regular Advent and Lenten practice tomorrow and again next Friday, the 31st of March. On both of those days, I will be in the confessional from approximately 7.15 a.m. until right up to the point when Mass is about to begin. And then, at the conclusion of Mass, the Blessed Sacrament will be exposed in the monstrance on the altar for adoration. And while it is there, until 9.30 a.m., again, the opportunity for the Sacrament of Penance will take place. At 9.30, there will be a short moment of prayer, and then the Blessed Sacrament reposed. This, of course, is quite in addition to what is done on Friday evenings in Lent, beginning at 6 p.m. So please bear that in mind if it is of advantage to you for tomorrow morning and again next Friday morning as well. The other thing I just want to mention at this point is to ask your prayers for the repose of the soul of Jose Costa, the father of Nelson Costa of our parish. Jose passed away yesterday, and his funeral will be celebrated on Saturday at 10 a.m. here at Holy Rosary. You know, of course, this um, episode golden calf and all the rest of it, of Moses remonstrating with God and turning him aside from the fierce, burning, hot anger with which he would have destroyed the people, begging him, pleading with him, reasoning with him, saying, you know, you don't want it said of you that you brought the very thing that they complain about all the time. You don't want it actually said of you by the surrounding nations that you brought your people out of Egypt and out into the desert only to destroy them. Oh, turn aside. And after this pleading and pleading, God changes his mind and he does not do the disaster that he was going to do on his people. This is by no means the only time that you experience that in various parts of the Old Testament the first books of the Bible, the books of Moses, in Psalms. It, it actually becomes rather frequent, quite frankly, that Moses and sometimes other people are depicted as having turned God aside 
from what we would think of as being a very vindictive and very hate-filled behavior, even if we could understand why he felt like doing it. And it makes it sound like they are morally superior to God, that they've managed to change God's mind, like we might manage to tone down the hot anger of somebody. After a while, when you read more and more of these episodes like this, you begin to wonder what's really going on here. Is it possible that the person who needed to have some rethinking about things was not God, but Moses? And Moses' own action of prayer and fasting and pleading was a way of making his own heart more and more ready to accept that in the end, God desires the good of his people. God is, as so many multiple other places in the scriptures put it, that merciful one who heals and forgives us from our sins. But the relationship between Moses and God is depicted as being so intimate, just like the relationship between Abraham and God before them, that from a literary point of view, it almost seems irrelevant. Well, whose idea was it <laughs> to just carry on and move forward? We're hand in hand. We work on this together constantly. The bottom line, of course, being that the people were, in fact, forgiven and healed and saved and moved forward once again, despite their countless infidelities. I think this is at least part of what Jesus has in mind, many other things, of course, but it's at least part of what he has in mind when he throws Moses and the appeal to Moses and the calling on Moses' authority right back in the faces of his Jewish leaders' accusers. You depend on Moses so much, you quote Moses, you invoke Moses all the time, well, why don't you actually read him? Why don't you actually, for the first time, find out what he was really trying to say? about who our God is. And if you did that, you just might discover some things that you aren't noticing right now, such as that the relationship between God and Moses was in fact, in the end, a pointer towards the perfect salvation that is now standing before you and whom you are accusing of being against Moses and against the law and against everything. It was a tough thing for Jesus to be asking of these people who were so intent on defending not just the law, but their own positions. But he's unrelenting. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, but you don't even believe him so you're certainly not going to believe me. God is always much bigger than we think he is. That's one of the big messages that come from some of those complicated passages in John's Gospel. God is always bigger than we think, and by that I don't just mean 
spatially bigger. I mean, what God is all about is far beyond what our minds are capable of. And what he has come to do in Jesus is beyond our imagination, but not beyond our accepting it into our own souls so that we might be healed and saved. So come, Lord, in this latter part of the Lenten season and do that necessary work of removing obstacles, of clearing our minds and hearts so that we may indeed receive you and eventually come to truly understand what it was that you came to do in saving us.